Hey, it's Pastor Jeffrey Graff with Faith Family Church Next Gen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this message brings truth, clarity, and hope to your situation. God loves you very much, and I hope you feel that today. Enjoy the podcast. Right on, man. It's good to see you guys. How y'all doing today? <laughs> good. Hey, seriously, Tuesday night's one of the highlights of my life. And uh, if you know this, I always say, man, I feel like I have the best job in the world because I get to pastor the best people in the world. I really do, man. I'm so thankful for everybody. Hey, and if it's your first time, uh, would you raise your hand if it's your first time in here? Not to put you on the spot. We got four people here, 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 here. There's quite, yeah, no, back there. There's like so many people here for the first time. Uh, My name is Jeffrey. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I'm glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I do want to draw attention to one special group of people. Um, When we do Ignite Summer Camp, we make really good friends with our campus in Gonzales, full of some of the best people on the earth. And four of them just came down from Gonzales to hang with us today. Uh, Would y'all stand up? Just stand up real quick. Real quick. Just stand up. Stand up. We all just welcome them. I know that a lot of y'all don't know them, but what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're so glad that you're here. Um, Really, it is good to be with you. And I'm excited because we're starting a series today on friendship. It's called Through Thick and Sin. Thick and Sin. Hey, that would work. Um, Through Thick and Thin, Friendships That Last. So, you know, I don't like to feel like I'm here by myself. Everybody say friendship. Uh, In honor of friendship, I found four quotes that I want to share with you that made me laugh. But I also feel like they're actual facts. So here you go. Quote one. Good friends buy you food. I mean, no, that was right. I already messed up. Good friends buy you food. Best friends eat your food. Facts. Okay. Quote two. Good friends don't let you do stupid things. Best friends don't let you do stupid things alone. Hey. Yeah, they're dumb. Okay, this one's my favorite. It's a little, it's my favorite one. Okay. Quote three. I don't know what that is. A good friend will help you move, but a best friend will help you move the body. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Too dark. You're right. Okay. So stupid. Like, I got a sermon prep. Quotes on friendship. Okay. Last one. This is just a general good one. If you have friends who are as weird as you, then you have everything. Amen? Amen. Good. No, everybody needs friends that are as weird as them. In all reality, I feel like these jokes, they kind of sum up what it is to to have friends, man. There's so much fun. There's joking. There's sarcasm. There's this element of, man, these people are my ride or die. We need friends. But friendship is a little complicated. You know what I mean? There are some people that we think we're going to be friends with them forever. And then, like, we get to high school and we already drifted, you know? It's like, wow, that happened fast. And sometimes we drift just because of natural reasons. But other times we drift because the truth is I don't think we always know what it is to be a good friend. I mean, I was, when I was preparing this sermon, um, I was just thinking about several friendships that I feel like I let down personally. Like all the way back in middle school. I know how to be a good friend in middle school. And I had this one friend, maybe you can relate, um, he was my neighbor. And so we were really good friends, like he would hang out at my house, but when we got to school, he wasn't like that cool at school. So like in middle school, I would kind of like cold shoulder him. Like what, what the heck is wrong with middle school Jeffrey? Why would I do that? Like why would you, but I just didn't get friendship. 
And I think in deeper ways, there's a lot of times where we just don't get friendship. To be honest, friendship is at the heart of some of our best moments in life. But friendship is also at the heart of some of our deepest feelings of being rejected, deepest feelings of hurt. Man, when you get betrayed by a friend, that's, when it's actually, that's what actually makes it betrayal. Friendship is just a complicated issue. Don't get me wrong, we need friendship, but it seems like we're often getting burned by it. So in this series, we're going to talk about how to make friends and also like how to keep friends. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to show us three essential components of a friend. If, if you're like, I don't know what it means to be a good friend, we're going to dive into the book of Proverbs. You got there, everybody say Proverbs. If you don't know, Proverbs is a book about wisdom. So if you can just, if you just read Proverbs and apply it to your life, you will be one wise person. And I'm warning you, sometimes I get up here and I'll preach and I'm super passionate. Today's not necessarily one of those messages. Today is a very much teaching message. Because the word of God, if you just preach it all the time, that's good. But people leave and they don't really know how to act it out. Today's just going to be very practical. It's going to be very teaching. But I promise if your heart's in a good position, you'll really leave knowing how to be a better friend and how to look for good friends. So you can look at friendship all throughout the Bible, man. But in Proverbs 27, it makes frequent reference to friendship. So we're going to dive into Proverbs chapter 27 today. And we're going to look at three components of a good friend. I'm starting with verse 5. And six, if you don't know, you're new to YA, y'all do the underline part. I also do it with y'all, but somebody called me out. They were like, why do you do it too? Because I want to not be excluded. Okay. <laughs> Feel left out. Um, actually, you know why? You don't care, but I'm going to tell you. The reason is because when we put it on the podcast, you hear the scriptures like, and Jesus said to the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it sounds like the pastor's stupid. It's like, what's going on with him? Okay. And I was like, I got to stop doing that. Okay. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Verse 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an Think about that. Wounds from a, the, the, I think the King James translation says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. I love it because the Bible's so relevant. You want to know the first component of a good friend? Good friends, number one, they keep it real. They keep it real. I think in theory, we're all like, yeah, my friends keep it real. But I don't know if I really believe it. Like, I think our friends gas us up, hype us up, first a comment on our Instagram. Slay, girl. <laughs> all the guys. Uh, first a comment on Instagram, right? But, but, like, I think if we're honest, we will choose friends that tell us what we want to hear. But a good friend will tell you what you need to hear. Say it again. Exactly. I like y'all. Period. That's all. Never mind. Okay. I'm serious. So, like, let me give you an example. Um, let's say, like, you finally get in a relationship and you finally post it on Instagram. It's like, we're official. It's all good. Right? A good friend might hop in the comments. Oh, heart emoji, heart emoji, fire, whatever. I've been calling this. But if there's, like, some sign of, like, any sort of toxicity, a really good friend won't just hop in the comments. They'll hop in a conversation and be like, hey, but have you thought about this? Because, like, I know you, and you're already a little weak, and I'm just not I, – I just don't know. Even if you don't want to hear it, you better not lose a friend like that. The verse says that it's better to have wounds from a friend than kisses from an enemy. Why? Because a friend cares about you. So if they wound you – 
then you could know they're wounding you for your own good. But an enemy will literally let you live in dysfunction as long as they're still getting from you what they want. Let me tell you when I realized this. Kind of jacked up. And my sophomore year in college, I lived on the party floor, okay? It was crazy. There, why is that funny to you, okay? Like, have a good time. Just kidding. Uh, I lived on the party floor, and it was like, there were like these two guys. I'm not going to name them, but Emmanuel and Courtney, if y'all ever listen to this. Um, first of all, Courtney, your name's Courtney. Okay. Um, they would literally, we're going to have to cut that out of the podcast. Um, they would literally come back like, like sloppy, sloppy drunk every night of the week club was up on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like for them all the time. Like how do you afford this? But they just kept doing it and doing it to the point where it was like, not even just like biblically wrong. It's like, I'm concerned for your health. You know what I mean? Like I'm like literally, I'm not trying to be funny. Like your liver's going to die and so are you. And so I was just worried about it. And so I went to their friends one time and I was like, these are your boys, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, why do you not tell them anything? Like, this is every night. They can't even, like, see. Like, there's no way this is good for them. And they were like, they said this, exactly. They said, because if they stop drinking, who are we going to go out with on Fridays? And I thought, that's kind of jacked up. And I think in our head, we're like, no, 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 man. Like, my friends, we're real with each other. Sharing a dysfunctional lifestyle does not mean you're real with each other. My bad. Too much? Too much heat? Bring it back? And I'm not, and listen, I'm not even singling out a sin. I'm not even making a stance on alcohol at all because I know that there's people of age. I'm just saying, like, at this point, it was not a good thing for him. Like, it was, like, literally dangerous. They were driving drunk. It was terrible. And his friends did not want the best for them. They wanted something from him so they would be content to let him live in dysfunction because that was their party buddy. No, that's not a good friend. A good friend loves you enough to wound you because they care about you. My dad used to tell me, son, be careful if all anybody ever does is pat you on the back. Because they often just want you to cough something up. What's he saying? And my dad got bars, okay? <laughs> he would. You'd be like in sixth grade, like, I don't get it. And then you're like a senior, like, whoa. You should have told me that later, but he's telling me this. Hey, be careful. When enemies kiss you, and be thankful when, en when friends will wound you. Say it again. Be careful when enemies just kiss you, but be thankful for the people who will wound you. you got to ask yourself a real honest question, and that's just simple. Are my friends moving me to be more like Jesus or less like Jesus? And I'm not saying you got perfect friends, because guess what? We're not perfect friends, right? But as a general rule, like, are they trying to help me be more like Jesus or not? That's the question you got to ask when it comes to your friends. Let me tell you a story about two of my greatest friends on the planet of the earth planet of the earth, planet of the apes. And, and when I realized that they were like my best friends in the world, first one, his name is David. I think he's actually going to come visit soon. I'd love for y'all to get to meet him. David's like my brother. And I met David my freshman year of college. We were random roommates. And to be honest, I'll tell us why. I'm not saying this is a great show, but 18-year-old Jeffrey, the only thing that I asked him when we were trying to decide to be roommates. I was like, okay, what kind of TV do you watch? He was like, I like family guys. Like, all right, we could room together. So, so we roomed together and, uh, he ended up becoming like a brother to me, man. Like we were inseparable my freshman year of college. Just, man, I still love the dude to this day. But my sophomore year, I moved to that party floor that I just told you about because they wanted me to be like the chaplain of it. They wanted me to like, it's like the pastor of the floor, whatever. So like, I really wanted to make a difference on this floor 
You can tell by my last story I didn't do that great. But I was throwing myself into what I was doing. I was doing my best to, like, try to make a difference. And not on purpose, but, like, I just kind of, like, cut him off. Like, we weren't roommates anymore. I didn't ever hit him back when he texted me. I wouldn't invite him. And so one day, I was walking. He saw me. He's like, bro, you will not text me back. What are you doing? I was like, I'm going to lunch. He's like, I'm going with you. It's like, okay, fine. Come on. And I was having a good day. And I was like, why are you so angry? He's like, listen. He's like, I really... I'm saying this because I love you, but you're a terrible friend. He was like, you don't, you don't um, text anybody back. You don't whatever. And he said, to be honest, I don't even really care for friends going forward. But because I love you, I just need you to hear what I'm about to say. And he looked at me and he said, if your whole life you put your position above your friendships, you will never have good friends. And in that moment, that hurt. But he was right. And in that moment, I knew I didn't just have a friend, man. I had a faithful friend. I had a brother. And in that moment, I was like, man, I'm not letting you get away from me. Why? Because it's better to have a wound from a friend than a kiss from an enemy. Are you, are you got thick enough skin to, to take the criticism when your friends actually love you and care about you? Let me tell you about a second story. My other best friend in the world, her name is Eden. She's not here, but she's watching online, and I love you very much. Um, my wife, no, I'm serious. My wife... Somebody said, we miss you, Eden. Oh, it's Phoebe. P-H-O-E-B-E. Can't explain that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Phoebe. That was, that was jacked up. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> love Phoebe. Okay. Um, when me and Eden had met, I'm not going to lie, I was like in a really good season of life. You know where things are just going good for you? And you're like, hey, I kind of had life by the horns. That's a phrase. And... Uh, I didn't realize this, but I had like a lot of accomplishments going for me. And I didn't realize at the time, but I think I had gotten prideful in my accomplishments. Like I wasn't rude or ugly to people ever. Like I've never been like that. But I think I just had a lot of pride in, in the stuff that I was accomplishing in college. And uh, I was talking to Eden. It was at the point in our dating relationship where we were getting pretty serious. And so we were talking about marriage. And I remember telling her like, look, I want to go into ministry and you don't always, you know, know how secure that's going to be. I, I don't know if I'm going to be successful in ministry. I don't even know if I'm going to make that much money because sometimes that's the case with being in ministry. And I said, does that bother you? And she looked at me and she said, you want to know the honest truth? I don't know why it's giving me emotion. She said, you want to know the honest truth? She said, I'll never doubt that you'll be successful in ministry. She said, the only reason I'm hesitant with you is because I don't know what success would do to you. And in that moment, it made me soul search. It pushed me to Jesus. And it made me vow to myself that I would never, whatever God ever does through my life, guess what? It's not because I'm impressive. It's because God's good. And I was, I, that, she made me, she kicked the pride straight out my heart and, and made me hate it. And in that moment, A, I fell in love. B, I made a decision like, no, nah, I'm keeping this girl around. Why? Because she would wound me if it was going to make me more like Jesus. You need friends that will wound you if it's going to make you more like Jesus. Amen? Listen, if all your friends ever do is flatter you, flatter you, flatter you, be careful. Proverbs says this. In, in Proverbs 29.5, it says, To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. Good friends build you up, but friends that can't be real are going to trip you up. You don't need friends that that trip you up. You need friends that'll, that'll build you up. 
So I don't want you to be tripped up because you can receive a kiss from an enemy but not a wound from a friend. Amen? Good friends, they keep it real. Now with that said, okay, let me swerve the opposite direction. Because friendship should not always be heart-to-heart conversations where I always have to tell you how you can be better. Nobody wants to be friends with that person, okay? I'm just being honest. Like, okay, I know I can improve, but we just talked about it. Let's do some other stuff, right? Let's go to a movie, okay? So, so I don't want you to think like, oh, Pastor G's friendships are all just constructive criticism. Heck no. Get me. Have you met me? So, um, so the Bible would agree with that. And uh, I want to show you a couple verses because the truth is good friends don't just keep it real. Number two, if you're taking notes, good friends keep you refreshed. Everybody say refreshed. Look at Proverbs 27.9. I love it. It's kind of weird, but it says, Just as lotions and fragrance give delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Refreshes the soul. Listen, man, you should love being with your friends. You should have such a good time. You, I hope everybody has those friends where you go to dinner at 7 and you leave at 2 a.m. because you're just having a good time. Right? You know what I'm talking about, Ty? My man sounds like my dog's toys. <laughs> Listen, man, your friends should be one of the most refreshed. I can't be alone. I get alone for an hour, and I hate being. I don't, I don't even know if I like me. I'm like, ooh, we don't want to hang out today. Let's find other people. You got to have friends that refresh you, dude. And I understand that as I'm saying this, some of you may feel discouraged because at this point, you don't have refreshing friends or you have friends or you don't have friends at all maybe that you feel close to or you don't have friends that you feel like refresh you and so I want to talk about this because actually that scripture we just read it deals with it hey Kate on media we all give it up for Kate she's amazing um she was told me today she's like your hands are callous and she's like but that's okay it means you work out she's like I don't work out and I stay in shape I was like, well, uh, she really, I'm not lying. Lord, we just pray for Kate, Lord, all the, slow her metabolism down. That's fine. Okay, I, I'm just playing, Kate. I'm totally kidding. Will you put, the reason I called you is, will you put Proverbs 27, 9 again? There's something going on here that's really cool, and I need you to see it, especially if you want to, like, have refreshing friends. It says this, just as lotions and fragrance give, a, a, give delight a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. So check this out. You got to pay attention because I'm teaching a little bit here. It compares food. I mean, it compares friends to sweet food. Here's why this is interesting. If you read commentators, I'll talk about this. Back then, they did not know how to sweeten food. Like we could put sugar in anything. They didn't have that. They didn't understand that yet. So if you were eating sweet food, it's not because you created it. It's because you discovered it. Like you discovered an apple. You discovered a grape. And so what this implies about friendship is that friendships that really refresh you are more discovered than they are created. They're more discovered than they are created. Now, there's a lot of people that have written about this in the past. C.S. Lewis, if you don't know him, he's one of the greatest thinkers, theologians, writers of, of the somewhat modern age. He says this, and it's so stinking true. He says this. He says, the beginning of a good friendship usually starts like this. What? You too? <laughs> I thought I was the only one. You know what I'm talking about? 
You meet a friend and your soul just clicked. What? You too? I thought I was literally, when you discover, not create a friend, but you just discover, like you like, you got the same interest? You got the same hobby? You got the same sense of humor? Bro, we should kick it. Like, I'm serious. This is how it works. All of my greatest friends, like it just happened because we had that discovery. Maybe it was like music's like, well, shoot, let's go to a concert. Or, or we started talking about the same issues of justice we cared about or the same things regarding the church that we cared about. There was this moment where we didn't create it. We just discovered like, what? what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Real friends keep you refreshed, but refreshing friendship is discovered. So if you don't know what your, this, this is the point, please, please. If you don't know what you're interested in or what you're passionate about, it will always be hard for you to make friends because there's nothing to be friends over. And I want to say this very sensitively because if you are struggling to have friends that refresh you, are struggling to make friends, I don't want you to like feel like I'm talking down at you. I hope this is somewhat helpful to you. There are people who cannot find friends, and literally the only thing they're interested in is having a friend. You ever meet that? It's kind of sad. It breaks my heart. The only thing they're interested in is having a friend, but they'll never have a friend because there's nothing to be friends over. C.S. Lewis says it like this. It's not up there, but he says, this is why... Those people who always want friends can never find them. They have nothing to be friends over. One says to the other, the other who just wants a friend, they say, dang, isn't that awesome? And the other one says, oh, I don't really care. I just want a friend. And it's hard to be friends with somebody like that. So here's my encouragement, okay? Whatever your interest, passion, sense of humor, just own it. Even if it's weird, because one day, I'm serious, because one day, even if you have the weirdest of the humor, the weirdest taste of music, the weirdest pet, you're like, I love underwater basket weaving. One day, <laughs> that's fine. Just own that, because what I'm trying to tell you is one day, you will discover a friend where you're like, you too? I thought I was the only one. And then, and then friendship is natural. It is refreshed because there's so much in common that you have. And they're the best friendships ever. Me and Corey, uh, Ken, were talking about this yesterday. And he gave me the perfect example. Anime. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, I know, old Japanese shirt. Listen. That really tickled you. Um. Five years ago-ish, I don't know, five, is that fair to say? Some time ago, nobody wanted to, like, admit they watched anime. Like, people did, but it was like, hush, like, shh. Don't look at my laptop. Why? Naruto. <laughs> and then people started, I'm looking at Daniel Law. I can see your smile from back here, old, the biggest anime fan. And then people started, like, being more open about the fact that they liked anime. And other people were like, you like anime? <laughs> Let's go talk about it. And then the group just kept getting bigger and bigger to the point where it was like, I guess every... I have seen people that never would have been friends ever in their life, but they are just boys because of Naruto. <laughs> it's like, What? Like, literally, real refreshing friendships are happening because of Japanese cartoons. 
Listen, if you own your interest, your passion, your sense of humor, you will have these experiences where people are like, well, wait, you, you too? I thought I was the only one. And it's a sweet friendship, a discovered friendship that just refreshes your soul. So if you're struggling, here's my only thing. If you're struggling to A, have friendships that refresh you, or B, just have friends in general, just really own what you're passionate about and don't care what people think because it'll make it so much sweeter when you find the people that have it in common with you. And you have so much to talk about. You'll always feel like you could let your hair down. It's so, let me give one more example. Oh, Lord, I told myself I was going to overpreach today. But you ever notice how your friend groups change after high school? Because in, in high school, you just hung out with the people that like maybe played basketball. And then when you were done, because none of us were that good to keep playing, when you're done with basketball, it's like, we don't have anything in common anymore. And then you're hanging out with like some rando you never would have hung out with. And it's like, they start telling you about their high school experience. You're like, we would have never hung out in high school. But finally, you're at a stage of life where you more clearly know your interests and your passions. And you're, that happened with me like crazy. One of my favorite people in the world is Corbin Carl. I hardly even knew him in high school. I just knew him a little bit. Corbin, I love you. <laughs> but he's like, seriously, like you get out and it's like, oh, we actually have kind of a lot in common. It's weird how it works. So, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Make me feel better. All right. It's interesting. It's interesting to know how friendships really work. Friendships should refresh you, but man, the Bible shows that kind of friendship is more discovered than it is created. So, so far, we've learned two things about having an important component of friendship. First of all, good friends keep it real. Second of all, uh, good friends keep you refreshed. It should be so refreshing. But that sounds a little contradictory, right? Because on the one hand, it's like, oh, we have to have tough conversations sometimes. On the other hand, it's like, ah, let your hair down. Have a good time. Let's feel refreshed. And if you're like me, you kind of get stressed because you're like, well, how do I know which one to be? Like, how do I know how to navigate both being real and being refreshing? Because I don't feel like I'm refreshing when I'm real, and I don't feel like I can be real if I'm just supposed to be refreshing. And that's a good question to ask, but Proverbs 27 also deals with that. I love this. Here's the third and final thing. It's not a long point. Good friends... Number three, can read the room. Everybody say read the room. You know what it means to read the room, right? Like you ever, I'll give you an example. You ever like are watching some little, you know, scenario go down. Maybe you're at the mall, people watching like I do at Nikki Roma's. And it's the best entertainment in Victoria. <laughs> and you see somebody. Y'all hear that? So true. That was you? You're on the camera. I like that. Okay. So you're like, you see somebody having a bad day, and then somebody else like just is like, ah, what up, baby? And you're like, ah, come on, guy. Read the room. Right? It's important. It's important to know when to joke, when not to joke. It's important to know when to talk, when not to talk. It's important to know when to have the difficult conversation and when, like, you should probably wait for a more opportune time. In Proverbs 27, I love the Bible because the same chapter acknowledges this. Look at Proverbs 27, 14. This is just, these, all these verses are kind of in the same chapter. And it says this, if you wake your friend in the early morning by shouting, rise and shine, it will sound to him more like a curse than a blessing. What's it saying? Ain't nobody want to be woken up like that. Read the room. 
kiss them on the forehead and say, good morning. Okay? You know me yelling and there's another verse too. I love it. Proverbs 25, 20. It's a different chapter, but it's the same understanding. It says, singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart. Cheerful songs to a heavy heart. That's like taking somebody's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. Again, what's it saying? Good friends read the room. Good friends know, like, if you're sad, not to be like, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Like, stop. That's not what I need right now. It's annoying to me. No, me and Eden have, like, they had, like, fights about this because she'll want to be positive. I'm like, I don't need positive right now. I just need to listen to Drake. Just stop. <laughs> I'm serious. Just cry if you need to, but I can't settle why. She's like, shouldn't you be praying? I'm like, no. <laughs> shouldn't you pray? I am praying, Lord. Thank you for Aubrey Drake Graham. Okay. Um, good friends. This is, this, is what the, this is what the passage is really saying, though. And it's very important, okay? Good friends are so emotionally in touch with you. You know the friends that they just get it. They just get it. They know when it's time to be sad and just sit in the car with you and be sad. They also, at the same time, know when you're sad, but the perfect joke just might put that twinkle back in your eye. You know what I'm talking about? My, my mom's so good at this. She knows, like, when to just give me a hug versus when to be like, all right, that's fine, but you better not smile. And I'm like. <laughs> good friends are just emotionally in, in touch with you. Like, they get it. In the Bible, yes, it wants us to be real with people. It wants us to be refreshing to people. But more than anything, it wants us to be, like, emotionally in touch so we can really navigate when we need to be which one. And Jesus was so good at that. So I know that it's kind of hard and harder for some people to read the room than others. I get that. So let me just give you a little advice. It may help. It may not. I'll do my best. If you want to get good at reading the room, I would just say try to think of other people first. So, like, here's two examples, opposite examples. If you walk into a room and you've had the best day in the world, but it looks like somebody else didn't have that great of a day, think about them first. Don't come in and be like, wow, what a baby. Be like, hey, man, you all right? Everything good? Read the room. On, on the other hand, okay, if you haven't had uh, a very good day, but say you're going to like some game night, a, f a thing you committed to, and everybody, all your friend groups there to, to have a good time and refresh each other, and you're not feeling good, but you walk in, you see everybody so happy to be together. Now, I don't want this to be insensitive, but to some extent, read the room. Like that, that might not be the best time to take all the attention and put it on you. I'm not saying stuff your emotions. I'm not saying don't have anybody to talk to. I'm just saying, like, I also don't want your reputation to be the one that people don't want to invite to the party because you're going to make it all about yourself and your bad day. That's coming from a loving standpoint, not a hard one. I'm not saying uh, box it in. I'm saying that good friends read the room and can think about other people first. And if everybody's doing that, you got some pretty darn good friends. If everybody's doing that, it's going to be a pretty peaceful environment. At the end of the day, think of other people before yourself because the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So, first week, through thick and thin, little conclusion, little recap. You know, I like to keep it all points. Good friends, three components of a good friend. Quiz. Good friends, keep it. It's up there, right? There's no way y'all passed. Good friends, keep it real. Number two, good friends, keep you. 
Remember, it's more discovered than created, so own it. You like Naruto, do you, baby? And number three, good friends can read the... That's how it is. Let's try to be good friends. But the truth is, these are the components of a friendship, but friendships don't just stay good. Friendships take a lot of maintenance. So today we talked about the components of a friendship. Next week, we're going to go over to Matthew, and we're going to talk about conflict in a friendship, how to have healthy conflict. Because if you think you're going to have great friends that never fight, that's terrible. No, like great friends just know how to fight well. Great Christians know how to have conflict well. And because you can make conflict, you can make peace. So we're going to talk about how to have conflict well. Uh, but that's all I got for week one. I hope it was helpful. I know it was more teaching oriented, but I hope it helps us be better friends. Uh, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Victoria area, stop by one of our services. Church is way better with people. So if you're between the ages of 18 to 29, check out our Instagram at ffc.ya. All of our service info is there. And if you're 6th or 12th grade, check out our Instagram at ffc.sm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even more, I hope it brought you closer to God. Have a great day.